The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Red FM. Welcome to another Sunday here on the Big Red Bench. Dan Casey in the hot seat on Cork's Go Times Red FM for the next hour or so. And what a jam-packed hour it is. Plenty of GA chat in this one. As both the footballers and hurlers were in action today in the only game in the Premier League. Wolves held on against bottom side Sheffield United who remain eight points adrift. Frank Watson has the full-time report from Molyneux. Wolves won Sheffield United nil not a game that will live long in the memory Wolves scoring the only goal on the half hour Pablo Sarabia lovely header from Ryan Aitnery's cross from the left but for all their domination in the first half in terms of possession Wolves were unable to create any other clear cut chances and it was Sheffield United really who should have scored on three or four occasions the second half completely different Sheffield United dominant Wolves mainly looking dangerous on the break but often sitting back and struggling to get any control whatsoever Brewster and McAtee both went very close for Sheffield United lots of scrambles in the Wolves box but in the end the home side hung on for a scrappy win it has to be said it finished Wolves 1 Sheffield United 0 and by the way what a day for Cork's very own Adam Eda coming off the bench and securing Celtic's 3-1 win against Motherwell in the Scottish Premier League Celtic remaining only two points off Rangers and another huge day for Cuivine Kelleher the Cork man making a stunner of a save in the first half against Chelsea helping them go on to win the Carabao Cup Lewis Mason is there for us in Wembley Chelsea nil, Liverpool won. Liverpool have won the 2024 EFL Cup and Jurgen Klopp's hopes of finishing his time at Anfield with a quadruple remain. He's ticked the first one off the list and it was such a great final. Both teams had big chances. Both teams denied a goal by VAR but then Virgil van Dijk with just minutes remaining in extra time flicked a header in at the back post and made sure that Liverpool will be the champions this year. It's finished at Wembley. Chelsea nil, Liverpool won. To football of the Gaelic variety and now and manager John Cleary kindly spoke to me on the team bus home on their long journey back from Fermanagh after his side's narrow 114-16 to 16 point win. We're delighted to be joined here on the big red bench by John Cleary. The car footballers are, as you can probably hear in the background, on their way back from Fermanagh after a much-needed win. They beat, of course, Fermanagh on a scoreline of 114 to 16 points, just getting over the line in the end. John, how are you feeling after that one? I suppose, look, we're, we're relieved, first of all, and... Um you know, a bit of mixed emotions about the match really because we were we weren't that good in the first half. We were clumped to the ground and we just couldn't seem to get going. And we had played with a slight breeze in the first half. We were two points down, and I suppose look at halftime. Just said, you know, it's 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 now or never because uh, it looked like we were could be coming home again without anything. So in fairness to that, you know, really went at it the second half. And, um, you know, we missed two or three goal chances, hit the crossbar, only made two great saves and they kept plugging away and we got the goal then left, you know, um, with about five, six or seven minutes to go to, 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 to actually put us ahead maybe for the first time. And, um, you know, ultimately we hung on there. They got two late points and we went three up. So, yeah, I suppose we're delighted to get the win and, and, and get over the line and get two points on the board. Yeah, I suppose that lack of clinical finishing we've had at times. What do you think that stems from, John? 
Well, it, it's you know when you hit the crossbar, nearly every match, you know. that's that's just a bit a small bit unlucky. You know what I mean? Um, another day it could go six inches below, and it's in the back of the net. And in fairness, when you go in, then and goalies, uh, you know, the goalie made two excellent saves today, and it's something we practice every week. But you know, someday we 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 we'll get two or three of those, and and but we just have to keep at it in training, and and uh, you know, get them that when it really matters, and and what it cost us last week, and it could have cost us today. But luckily enough, we got away with it today. So you know, we just have to keep, keep go back to the training field and keep at it again. You know. Is there a fight on the team bus with the lads uh, claiming the goal? Oh no, um, <laughs> I say, but that's you know, Morris, Morris Shandy came up from cornerback, came on it. Uh, I suppose we tweet with maybe just fifteen minutes to go, and uh, ended up at the end of the movement. And um, you know, it, it, it was a very well worked move, and, and he was at the end of it. So no, I think uh, Morris is the only one to claim it now today. John, are you looking forward to that huge clash against? Well, it's huge now anyway against that uh, Kildare. Ah uh, yes, you look. All the games in Division Two are, are huge, really. Whether you know you're fighting at the promotion end or, or, or where we were, you know, trying to get ourselves going. So um, yeah, we there'll be no uh, celebrating this today or anything like that. It's just really, you know, uh, down tomorrow morning, fellas get recovery and and a big game against Kildare next week. So it won't be much use winning today if we can't if we can't back it up again now next Sunday. Yeah, not to focus on, on the negative too much, but where do you think it's gone wrong for us multiple times this season? Do you just think it's that bit of luck? I mean, we're close every time, but we'll accept the Donegal game. Look, it, look it, it's, 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 it can't be all luck, really, you know what I mean? <clears throat> and maybe we, maybe on our side of the fence, we were trying to evolve a small bit and, and you know, make ourselves more attacking force and uh, and maybe we you know left ourselves a bit open at the back because last year we were very tight at the back we were very solid and it, John how how have yeah. the player how have the players coped with i suppose the pressure from the media and the and the public over the last while themselves I sure to tell you the truth Dan I, I you're asking the wrong man but uh, you know they seem every night we had training they knocked down to it and did what exactly you know what, what they were told and, and trained actually very well this week um, and that's why we were kind of disappointed the way we started today because I said our training had went well this week so I, I think they're okay and um, you know I suppose behind the scenes it was our job to try and prepare them for, for each game and, and um, after three defeats you'd be just wondering whether um, whether it had affected them or not, but in fairness, they didn't look like they were the second half because when the game was there to be won, you know, they, they kept going and kept going and, 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 and won it in the end. Yeah, and I suppose everyone will say, oh, at an inter-county level, oh, they don't look at the papers, they don't look at the media, but it must be hard not to do that if you're a player or management even. Absolutely, yeah. Look, we're all amateurs and, and we all have to go to work every day and meet people and, you know, we're not in a cocoon away from it completely and you're hearing all this stuff and, and you know... They only have to be human to, to, to for 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 it to affect them. And look, I suppose look, it affects some people, um, you know, more than it affects others. And look, even during the week, the older guys had said, "Look, we've been here before, and had last three games in the bounce in Division Two, and and uh, it was a case of look, you can't look back." It's a key. You can back, look back and learn, but you can't do anything about the, the games that are got in the past. And the only thing we could focus on this week was for Van, and that's all we did. Do you think the fans can? Uh, the fans certainly seem happy after today. It's a huge, been a huge turnaround just after one game. Do you think we can be confident now going into the next two and three? 
Well, look, hopefully the win will give us confidence. And um, but look, every game in this division too is going to be um, is going to be doggy dog. Every game in it today, there was only one score in it and one draw and and, and a point and, and and three points in the other. So it's obviously that the teams are very evenly well matched, and um, you know it changes from one week to, to the next. And um, so all I can say is 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 that we prepare as best we can for Kildare next week and hopefully that we can perform on the day and take our scores uh, we didn't against Kevin last week it cost us and for a while today we didn't but we got off the line and you know we'll be back in training next week and we just hope that we can put back the back victories next week John Clary thanks so much for joining us uh, hopefully plenty of impetus now coming into next week against Kildare no bother Dan cheers, cheers John. thank you Sticking with the football now, and just after the match, I caught up with the brilliant Matthew Hurley. Be sure to check out his at Gaelic Statsman pages on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. His insights into the stats side of the game are absolutely unrivaled. He's done some stuff for the hurlers as well today. Enjoy this one. We are delighted to be joined once again by Matthew Hurley, who runs the fantastic Gaelic Statsman pages on Instagram and Twitter. We're chatting a bit about football. Cork with a much, much needed win against Fermanagh today. Uh, Cork won 14, Fermanagh 16 points. Matthew, we, we must be happy with that one, even if it is by a point. Oh, yeah, Dan. It was a, a brilliant win. Much needed for the Cork football point of view because like it, it drags Fermanagh back into the relegation dogfight. And unfortunately, that's where the Cork footballers are at the moment. Uh, it was a poor two performances the last day against Loud and Cavan, but credit to the players, they stood up even when they were three points down midway through the second half today. They got it out of the bag. And there was the moment, I think Shane Magolian from Fermanagh could have fisted the ball over the bar, went for the goal chance, brilliantly saved by Chris Kelly. Cork would go down the other end. And even to this um, minute, really, it's hard to realise who actually got the goal was it Conor Corbett was it Mark Shanley we don't care it's in the back of the net and Cork have got the win and yeah it's a massive win considering the results around us as well Kildare lost to Meath and also Loud losing to Cavan so it drags them back into the relegation dogfight and another must win against Kildare next week but this week it's a very very good start going to Fermanagh a tough place to go and coming out with the win it's a brilliant result yeah do you think Cleary's job was under a bit of threat before today if it was a loss Slightly, yeah. I, I think mainly the team selections were kind of questionable because he was picking the same players each and every time. And it looked that way going into the game uh, more so today. And I thought he might have been under more pressure come the end of it. But then he brings in four late changes. In particular, I think the main change was bringing Conor Corbett at centre forward. He came in instead of Rory Dean today and caused for Man a lot of havoc in that forward line. He hit a sideline over the bar in the first half, brilliant score. He obviously got the was played a part in the goal at the end as well. So like we might see a different Cork come the end of the season when Corbett gets more game time, if you know what I mean. So I, I think Cleary just needed a bit of luck to go his way today more than anything. I know Cork have performed poorly in the last few games, but there was a few goal chances that went to miss and they just weren't going into the back of the net. And today, we got the goal. I know we had about four or five again goal chances today. Daniel O'Malley hitting the crossbar. There was another brilliant save from Sean McNally. And then the incoming goalkeeper for Fermanagh, Ross Bogue. But to get that scrambly goal at the end, I think it's what Cork needs. And it's what Cleary needs more than anything to get over the line. And yeah, they needed a bit of luck. And hopefully they could build on that luck later in the league campaign too. 
I suppose, yeah, criticism of Cleary was, as you mentioned, not changing the team around, but do we even have the players to change the team around weight? I just, I'll have to stick up from there. Like, if you look at the bench, all right, you have Sherlock and a few others, but there's no one really putting their hand up, really, are they? Well, in the past few weeks, maybe not, no. Uh, even when coming onto the pitch, like, Poulter probably was a main one, but he's only coming back from injury. Came on today and made a huge difference. Corbett, I think, is the key. Once he's in the team, I think he stretches defences. He... He tests out defences. I think he does brilliant when he's on the pitch. To be fair to Brian Hurley, a lot of flack went his way over the last few weeks, but he got six points today, six brilliant points. I think he actually got uh, six or seven points. But he was absolutely superb from freeze, from play, and he just definitely deserves a lot of plaudits. Do we have the players? You'd like to think that we do, considering the under-20 talents coming through in the last few years, but even when you go through the best players of the car club championship, like Michael Hurley, for example, for Casanova, don't know why he's not in the panel. I don't know, does he want to play this year? You have Conor Callan, Damon Callan, obviously uh, picking the hurling. They're, they were brilliant in the club championship. Uh, Brian Hayes, another example for the St. Finbar. So clearly, you could argue he's been unlucky in that regard, and he doesn't have the players to stake a claim. Sherlock did in the last few games, and a lot of people have been crying out for him to start. Maybe that wasn't the right time, and maybe Cleary's trying trying to rest him for the championship. Another another um, thing that fans were kind of complaining was uh, killing the match for players not being picked. But at the same time, like they might have been Cleary might have felt I don't know what what goes on the management team now, but Cleary might have felt that those killing the match for players wouldn't have been up to intercounty standard. They would have been a good team, no doubt about it, but they they wouldn't have been up at the level required, like the likes of Brian Hurley, uh, Rory Dean, Connor Corbett, Sean Poulter are at the moment. So maybe he needs to be cut a bit of slack. But at the same time, like later in the season, we get more players back to full fitness. Like Carlo Manny's out injured for the rest of the league. He's a massive player. Um, Mark Cronin's gaining a bit of fitness. I know he had a, a poured up first half today, but he was very good in the last two games when we were struggling. So I think when Corbett and uh, Carlo Bani and all of them get more game time, I think we'll get more players out in the field. And Cleary might get a bit of luck on his side then that he needs because like the injuries he's got over the winter is going to hamper any camp really. So you, you have to take that into consideration too. Yeah, where do you think the lack of composure in front of goal... Um... Why do you think the reason for that? Because, I mean, it was Owen, hit, Owen McSweeney hit the crossbar against Cavan. And, I mean, we had, as you said, the three or four uh, goal chances today and fluffed our lines each time. Do you think there's a particular reason for that? I think it's just the fact that players aren't calm going into front, in front of goal. And it's not just from car point of view. I think many counties struggle with that. And they they seem to blast the ball against a crossbar or at the right side of a goalkeeper rather than actually placing it. So you look at it, uh, uh, going game, to another game now, but looking at Dublin and Kerry last night, Conor Callaghan perfected it. He was just placing the ball into the corner nearly each and every time. It was hard for Shane Ryan to stop in many ways. Whereas I, I feel that some of the car players have a tendency to blast the ball. And look, that is what's going on up and down the country. And I'm not sure, maybe it's just nerves in front of goal mm-hmm. when they go in front of us. They just, they just freeze in many ways. I, I don't know what it is, but maybe the fact they got the goal today, a scrappy goal, I know it wasn't the best goal in the world, but they got it in the back of the net, and maybe that will give them a, a bit of confidence going into the next few games. And as you mentioned there, Owen McSweeney's chance last week, I think we had five goal chances against Loud, missed all of them. So 
the fact we got the goal today, maybe it will give the players more confidence to shoot better and be relaxed more than anything in front of goal. Yeah, where do you think, I wasn't there unfortunately, but where do you think it went wrong uh, against Cavan? I think, honestly, it was goal chances was a massive thing. I think we didn't convert our, our point chances, if anything, in the first half. We had a lot of um, uh, possession. We had, a, we had the front foot of the possession. We we dominated them from Peter to post, really, in the first half. But the problem was Cavan had a tendency of sticking in the game because their shot accuracy was up all the time. Corks just wasn't. And then when Luke Vahey gets sent off, I think that drained the confidence out of the team more than anything. And like Paddy Lynch was absolutely outstanding that day for Cavan. The fact we didn't score anything from play in the second half, we didn't test Cavan, that was probably a disappointing aspect too. A few decisions you could say didn't go our way as well, like Luke Vahey getting a black card in the first half, then in the second yellow, you could argue that. The players, they, they were trying, you see they were trying, but at the same time, things weren't working. But but yeah, they did work today. That was the, that was the main thing. I think... The big thing for the group was just to get the win. They yeah. performed poorly in the last two games against Cavan and Lowe. They got the win today. And um, yeah, they should be yeah, applauded for that. For even I know they performed badly over the last few games or so, but to get the win, it's vital for the players. We can probably forget about the Armagh game in, uh, in the last round, but the next two, um, Kildare and Meath. Do you see us? Be, well, we hopefully would be Kildare. What about Mead? Are they uh, going to be the bogey team for us that keep us or bring us into Talton Cup territory? They have been over the last few seasons. They beat us in uh, Parky Keeve last year, or should have called a super value Parky Keeve now, uh, Dan. But, um, but Mead, look, they have beaten us last season. They beat us in Park Talton the previous season as well. So they do have something over us, and they do have good energetic players around the field. and as well as that, they did something that we didn't do in the league. They beat Lowe's. And you have to give them credit for that. Uh, Matthew Costello was outstanding in that game. They've Connor Gray in midfield, who's a man mountain there. Colm O'Rourke's a very good tactician. So Mead would be a very, very tough opponent for uh, for anyone, really, never mind Cork. But for Kildare, look, Kildare lost today to me by three points. They'll be thinking Cork could be a winnable game for them, too. Yeah. So, like, Kildare, take from the Kildare point of view for, if, for a minute, Dan. If Kildare lose next week against Cork, I think they're down already. So they'll be thinking, we have to go out and win this game. Yeah. So Cork can't sides. take anything around us. That's the massive thing. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think we will finish up? Do you think we'll survive the drop? And do you think this Cal- Talton Cup thing is as big, big of a deal as people are making out? <sighs> Look, it's a difficult one, really. I think... If we beat Kildare next week, I think I'd be confident enough to say they will just survive because of the fact, I think, from I checked the fixtures just now, I think Fermanagh are up against Armagh next week and Loud are away to Donegal. And Loud are two points, Fermanagh are on three. If Cork get themselves to four points, I think that could be enough to make us stay up. As regards to the Tatton Cup, the opinions on that, I've seen a lot of opinions on Twitter that it could be a good thing for Cork mm-hmm. considering we were not in the stage of winning a Munster, we're not in the stage of winning an All-Ireland. But at the same time, we got to the All-Ireland quarterfinal last year. Surely this group needs to push on more than the Tatton Cup, more than anything. So I, I think, honestly, from, from my point of view anyway, the Tatton Cup would be a disaster for Cork. For many others, they might beg to differ. But... I think the main thing for them is to 
is to build on the success from last year's quarterfinal finish and the performance at Derry and Croke Park. And that should always be the main aim from John Clear. Look, at the start of the season, you'd remember John Clear, he's said to the, to the media that his main aim for the car team this season was to get promoted. So to go to a Talton Cup would be a bit of a backward step for Cork. But at the same time, you see what happened with Mead last year. They're a, a traditionally historic county. They went down to the Talton Cup and gained a lot of confidence over that competition, gained a lot of players. Uh, Jack Flynn, Jack O'Connor, all of them got a lot of minutes into their legs as well. But I honestly think Mead back last year to Cork this year, I think are two completely different um, spells, if you, if, you, if you know what I mean there. So, yeah, I think... Look, Talton Cup would be a disaster for Cork, but at the same time, uh, I, I think, look, in the last few weeks, we were thinking that we'd go down to the Talton Cup, but after the win today, I think we should be a lot more positive. Especially it's coming around full circle now. In 2019, that uh, five-year plan for Cork football was announced. And in 24, <laughs> we're looking at the possibility of going down to the Talton. I'm sure they didn't have that one in mind. Oh no, not at all. Like even I don't know what they write in the in the the contract or whatever to win a trophy. I didn't think the Cork County <laughs> Board would envisage a Tatton Cup rather than a Munster in All Ireland. So yeah, it, it would have been disastrous. You know, um, sugarcoating that, Dan. But uh, look, after the win today, I think they might be on the right step to survival. Hopefully, from uh, both of our six and Cork football's uh, um, say today. Matthew Hurley, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Great chat. Thanks very much, Dan. Great result there for the Cork footballers. Much needed. And to the hurling now, John O'Shea was our man on the ground in Super Value Parky Heave as the Rebels obtained a 121 to 119 victory over the Dacia. I caught up with him straight after full time. We are delighted to be joined from Super Value Parky Heave by John O'Shea. The Cork hurlers have just beaten Watford in a scoring of 121 to 119. I mean, considering we were 10 points ahead at one stage, John. Is there a bit of disappointment to be had the way we let Watford back into it? Yeah, well, I suppose it definitely is the case. Obviously, getting the win first and foremost, it, it, I suppose the boxes take that way. But I suppose definitely in terms of you know, the performances and you think the game probably should have been put to bed in, in, in that regard. There's definitely probably a lot of things that they'll take away as well in terms of learnings and things to work on over the, over the coming weeks and in particular the championship. But, um I suppose overall, really, I suppose the most important thing really yeah. today was was just to to get them on the board. But then ultimately, there's there's definitely there's, there's fighting for them to work on as well. Yeah, what do you think they do need to work on, John? Mainly uh, a couple of aspects, but no, like for example, like you know, I think we might have identified Ireland here. You know, in terms of the in terms of a strategy, maybe from the from the puck outs as well. They were, I think there was a couple of times that they got turned over today mm-hmm. and water got points from them, and you, you think. You can imagine, come the heat of battle in the championship, if you're playing a team like Limerick, they'll they, they lead, they lead that up and they'll, they'll yeah. get scores of fun. So it's, it's probably a collective. It's not a one way put down to one person or the goalkeeper or anyone. It's probably a collective thing that they, they'll need to kind of work on over the next couple of weeks and you know, a couple of months. Positives, John. What can you take from today? Um, there was there was a couple. I thought, like, you know, particularly in the, in, like in the forwards as well, though, you could... There was a nice kind of bit of cohesion, and um, you know, like Connery, Connery Hand, I thought, you know, he didn't get um, in, in terms of the scoreboard uh, as much as the other forwards. I thought he was particularly influential in in his game. You know, like, obviously Jack O'Connor. I mean, uh, obviously, and, and and the goal as well. Were, what, mm-hmm. what a goal! I mean, Incredible. going from running 
running from his own half and slotting into the into the into the net. I mean, yeah, I, I think they put up on the on the updates on on the the Red FM Sport Twitter as well. Like it's probably already a contender for goal of the season. You know, and that's in that he really, so he had he had a very good game overall as well. Joe Brian Hayes had a, had a solid game. You know, even. So uh, from the, from the back line, you know, the likes of Rob Downey, Kieran Joyce, John Millerick were kind of chipping in as well, and so it's probably good to see kind of scores coming from that kind of aspect. Because it's probably you need kind of points coming from all over the pitch. Like if you're looking look at look at the obviously the bench match being Limerick in the last couple of years, they they seem to be able to get points from here, there, and everywhere. So like it's it's important as well. You're not kind of overly reliant on the Patrick Horgan for for all your scores either as well. So that was probably the, one of the, the encouraging things I think that the Cork management will take away from today as well. Yeah, John. Uh, Jack O'Connor, he has to be one of the fastest players in the country, if not the fastest. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. to say agility. I mean, for his, for his run, I mean, like he picked up the ball, he was well in his own half, and like, once he kind of once he kind of got on his bike and went like, there, there was no there was no stopping him. And then obviously the to apply the finish as well. So he'll he'll definitely be. I think on, on his on his highlight reel, I think he'll, he'll definitely play in that back um, plenty. You'll be sure. Yeah, I, I suppose I wasn't overly impressed throughout the year, to be honest with Jack and uh, Brian Hayes, but they certainly seem to have a big turnaround today. Oh yeah, they did. But I would like to you know they did. You know, they, they 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 clipped in and they they chipped in and you know, to be honest, with you, you need you need that variety. You need the come come the championship, whether they'll be in the starting fifteen or not. Like you you need if they're going to be coming off from the bench, you need fellas to be kind of making impact and like. So they'll be hoping to kind of bring that into the into the next couple of into into the next couple of months as well. And you know, even there's guys to come back in, even the the youth, you know, even like um, Michal Mullins and like Ben Cunningham who who were out today as well, like yeah. injured. So like they'll be, you, know, you need that that panel and building that. It's going to be very important because like how cutthroat the Munster Championship is. Like you need to be ready to go from from the off. Harnady, his uh, first game back today for the Car Curlers. How did he fare? I thought like, I thought he was he was pretty like, influential. So to be fair, he had a good, you know, he, he's experience and he's he's notes on the pitch. You, and obviously chipping in, he, he got he got, I think he got two points today as well. You know, he, you know, he needs. Obviously, I was on a book kind of the youth there a few seconds ago, but having the, those kind of guys like Henry Connolly Han as well, and obviously Patrick Horgan, like that that experience is going to be crucial now in the next couple of like couple of months, and like you you, you need to get that blend right as well. Yeah, do you think uh, Wexford and Offaly now, if we have ho- hopes of staying up in uh, Division uh, 1A next year, do we really have to be beating, beating them? Yeah, I, I think definitely there'll be, be two games that they'll be looking to target like in terms of getting wins. Like, even though saying that like Wexford um, are still they're still unbeaten, um, so obviously I think they, they drew today as well from I think that like so like that down there in Wexford part in the final game that that won't be won't be easy either. Even, so like even awfully be, won't be easy. They they were well on top against Kenny today at uh, for the first half. I oh, absolutely yeah. You know, I mean that's uh, it's probably not a maybe a, people might have a walk over. People might have expected in the past, so like they're going to have to be more certainly on that for, for sure as well. It's fight, but the two games, I think if they play to the potential, they can win them. But they, I think as some of their performances, awfully mixed for today, they, they showed that they could be potential with skins as well. I suppose if you were talking to the fans or journalists there after the game, what were the main talking points for them? Yeah, I think I suppose ultimately as well, this, this, you know how this, the league you're trying to build that kind of momentum heading into into the championship as well, you know, and it's it's very, you know, I suppose the, the, the privilege thing, like even just, even just to get that win as well, if, even if you're trying to. Even less than two months now, they're going to be playing all for this this very opposition in the Munster Championship. So it's going to be very it's going to be very important for them to um, 
to like to to, to get the, to get up and running, getting the cohesion. Like it, it's so I mean, uh, you don't have much opportunity to get that momentum being built. So like any 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 opportunity you can, it's going to be massively important. And like I think that's something like you you have to. I mean, as Pat Ryan has has been saying himself, it's all about the championship and being ready to go the the in mid April. So like you have to, and I think that ultimately that, that that's that that's where the, the, everything is kind of gearing towards in a lot of ways at this stage. Yeah, I suppose though, in uh, a way, we had a near championship team out today. Could we be a little bit disappointed if we just didn't put it to bed? If we are going playing them in, in come monster championship, I don't think we'll get away with it. No, exactly, and then you'd 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 hope that in that sense, having having this game today and ultimately having gone through and ultimately how it panned out in the end, you'd hope that the lessons will be taken on board and then come the championship time that they can be rectified ultimately but like you know because you're not going to because like obviously the way how cutthroat the Munster championship is as well like if if you're if you're kind of leaving leagues like that can kind of slip away and obviously obviously coming out on the wrong side of it your, your championship could be done come the end of May so like it's it, it, it really it, it's going to be it's a highly it shows how highly competitive the Munster championship is you have to be ready to go really from from, from the word go because otherwise your year will be over fairly fairly early John O'Shea, thanks so much for joining us from Super Rally for Parky Cueve. Appreciate it. Super, thank, thank, thank you. That concludes the first half here on the Big Red Bench. Do not go anywhere, as in the second half, we will be hearing from both Pat Ryan and Davy Fitzgerald after their clash in the park. Stay tuned. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Good Times Red FM. Dan Casey here with you for the next half hour or so. Let's go to the Cork Hurling Camp now as we listen in on Pat Ryan's post-match press conference with the media. I look, I suppose, look, delighted to get two points win. Um, I suppose, from our own point of view, delighted with the third quarter after half-time. We thought we played some fantastic hurling at that stage. Um, I suppose, look, the, the things that we're preaching to lads about when we move the ball fast um, and work off the shoulder, um, look, we're a very good team. I think in the last 10 or 12 minutes, I suppose, that's a, that's a good learning curve for us again. So, look, it was probably... Um, in one way, it was probably a good way to kind of finish up that you didn't kind of end up by 10 or 12 points pulling up. So, looking like I think every game that you play in the league is about kind of finding areas that you're doing well and areas that you're doing uh, poorly. But, um, look, that was a disappointing part of it towards the end of it, all right. Um, I suppose, fairly good first half, and, and you know, you're improving the more presence of you got that. But, being when you only point ahead at half time, it's probably disappointing, was it? Uh, I, I'll be honest, I wasn't too disappointed really. Look, we we um, played well at the start, and then probably they got they got their running game going, got a few scores off it. But uh, look, it gave us an opportunity to come in in the second half, make a few changes, and, and change around the team a small bit, and uh, get a bit more balanced shape in it. And um, look, but I think it was our increased work work rate in the second half in the first 20 minutes um, that gave us a great foothold into the game. Um, and look, it looked like that we were going to kind of win easily. But in fairness to in fairness to Waterford. Um, um, they, they they got back into the game. I think a lot of it was don't our own mistakes really, to be honest. Sure. And um, but there are areas that we look at going forward. Does it take a bit of pressure off now? Like just you know, you you have the points on the board, and you have a good result, and you know you're kind of looking into the last two games. Yeah, exactly. I suppose. Look, I suppose from my point of view, like we look at that 20 minutes after half time, and we know that if we can put that together for 70 minutes, um, look, we'd be a very good team going forward this year. Um, and that's but look it, it's trying to impress on the lads that we need to move the ball faster um, I think look sometimes look obviously playing against the sweeper can be kind of 
can be a bit of a dour game at times or a bit of kind of um, a false game sometimes. But um, look, I think when we moved the ball fast, it made a huge difference to the way we played. When we when we were slow, um, it kind of suited Waterford. So look, it, it, that's that's a good learning for us and a good way we want to keep tempo into our game going forward over the next kind of uh, six or seven weeks preparing for championship. And is he Toomey's injury serious? Uh, Toomey's a strained hamstring, I'd say. So, look, we'll see what it's like, despite of reading, yeah. um, just back into the team. But, look, um, we'll see where he is. We'll get him assessed and get him um, scanned during the week. And Sean, did he have an injury? Sean, just a bit of tightness in the hamstring, just okay. more precaution than anything. A uh, bit of tightness. Um, look, we've had a very busy, obviously, since the Kilkenny game, despite he was up, we've had a busy two weeks of our preparation. So, look, um, um, you know, lads are trying very hard. So look, it's it's uh, something we'll see where he is and see where he, where, where he is for next week. You know. And uh, like anyone else who will be out for the the afternoon? Um, I'd say Sean Toomey will be available again. Dickie Dalton will be available. Ben Cunningham will be available. Michael Mullins, they'll all be back in. Okay. Uh, I'd say look, look, look. In fairness, I suppose look, Robbie and Eaton will probably be the only two that yeah. will be kind of. Or Darren Skibbon will be back in as well. Darren probably could have played today. Had a push. Um, but he yeah. hasn't, he's no contact done, but he's back into full contact. And just he just rested after the first Yeah, I was just giving yeah. an, op- an opportunity. Look, Tim, Tim, Tim is out injured and stuff like that, but um, it'll be just a case of um, uh, we want to get Jim Melrick in, start the game all year. He was way with UCC, yeah. so it was vital to get him back in. And obviously, Mark starts his first game today. So great to see him back, and he'll only improve from that, you know. And he is, you're expecting him, I presume, to find it very difficult to actually pick 15 when championship comes around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, 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 look we, I think we've, look, we've a very competitive panel, and I suppose our job now over the next kind of and we've given I think there's 29 players have got starts in league, the first three league games uh, but over the next kind of two weeks now we'll be trying to get a, a set of 15 for both the Offaly game and the Wexford game and, and take them there yeah, yeah. Look, look. Look. I think. I, I think. Boredom showed um, glimpses of what they can do. The ability of it. Look. But I, I think. Look. That's. I think we all know the ability that they have and uh, the bit of flair that they have. And uh, but I think. Look. It, it just needs to be over consistent. That the boredom kind of probably went out of the game at different periods. Uh, but in fairness, look. It was Jack's first start of the year as well. Uh, Jack. Jack missed all of last year. Very disappointed with it. Uh, with shins, couldn't get him right. Um, so look great to have him back, you know. And as um, you know, look, you can see the bit of bit of extra pace he can bring to it, a bit of uh, a bit of X factor, guys, you know. Oh, brilliant! Look, Seamus is a huge player for us going forward, and uh, Seamus was very anxious to play over the last kind of two weeks, but just just trying to you know trying to manage him and keep him right because um, Seamus is a hundred percent guy. You know, you, you can't tell Seamus about him take a hand, take it easy. He's going hundred miles an hour, uh, but you could see, look, he was even in that last period, he probably tired a small bit, you know, and, and uh, we, we got the opportunity to take him off then, but look delighted that he came. Through it. Absolutely not. Do you know what I mean? I don't think the conditions will be the same. Do you know there'll be a week's training? Um, look, we'll, I'd say, look, we, we, realistically, there'll probably be eight or nine changes. We'll probably have five or six. Um, so it doesn't, but look, at, at the same time, um, Dave will see things that he wants to work on against us, and look, we've seen things that we want to work on against them, uh, and we'll take from there. Brings Anderson, please, 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 and you know he's playing very well in training, trying his best. You know he's after coming coming forward for us. You know had a great year last last couple of years with Middleton and with the Cork Twenties. So, um, but uh, look delighted with him today. And he, you know he's he's a he's a great player going forward for Cork. Thanks, lads. And yeah, we're gonna go to our own uh, Roy O'Hagan as the presenter of the Red Seventy Eight, a Monster Rugby podcast on Off the Ball. Uh, this week, Roy spoke to Monster Legends Alan Quinlan and Fiona Hayes. And just on Norgie Snyman, Fiona, a lot of um, talk about him in the build-up to the game. He played 53 minutes the other night. I saw him included in a, a couple of teams of the week over the weekend. What was your take yeah. on his performance? Yeah, look, I was delighted 
to to see him back. And obviously, when I watched it to the second time, I was able to fast forward whenever he had to stop and fix his finger. He got split open as well, to be fair to him. Look, he's just so exciting to watch. I mean, Munster had nine offloads. He had four of them. He's always trying to get his hands free throughout the game. You can see him trying to link up with people. And just even looking at the line out, um, obviously, there was a couple of missed throws, but it just seems so easy when himself and Tom O'Hearn are in it. They're, they're so high above everyone else. The lift is on point. The jump is on point. And his control around that area, you could see it. So I think it was a really good outing for him to, to come back in. Obviously, as I said, a few niggles, but that always happens when you come back for, for that first game. But I think he'd be very happy with his performance. And to be fair, when he got split open, he could have gone off and, and, and you know someone else could have come on. But he wanted to get it sewn up, came back in and as I said just a delight to watch around the play I know we talk about his line out but his link up play and how he gets himself involved in in these things is absolutely brilliant to watch if you just follow him around the pitch he's constantly chatting constantly trying to get the hands free and those offloads are magical at times Yeah himself and Tom O'Hearn when he's like both 6'9 both absolute giants in that lineup wants to winning 85% of their lineups but a a fantastic combination it appears to be like that O'Hearn Snyman combination yeah, um, of course, RG's Snyman is not going to be match fit. Um, he hasn't played since the last time he played was a World Cup final. So that was uh, happy memories for him. But he needs matches and I think he's really important and hopefully he can contribute to Munster uh, between now and the end of the season because, look, he's a world-class player. And um, yeah, great to see Thomas Ahern back, Sean. Mm. His athleticism, I think, I you know, a lot of what I was speaking about in the last year or two about Thomas Ahern was running matches, getting a, a battle hard and getting games, improving his physical presence, particularly in around malls and the tight areas. And, um, you know, his big strength is so athletic and quick. And he showed that again with another brilliant try. Mm. Great work from Sean O'Brien, and um, you know to 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 make that break in the outside. But um, yeah, it's brilliant. I think you know the, a scenario here of getting players back, and we know that Monster went through a really tough period in December, January, um, end of November with injuries, and it's all it's all to do with power and the physical side of the game. So having players back with a bit of size and physicality will help that whole area and um, hopefully they can stay fit and as I said um, you know they can be really big players for Munster um, you know having Jaeger in as well and, mm. and him getting kind of match fit and as I said Niall Scannell back um, Gavin Coombs is playing really well hopefully John Hodnett can come back in a few weeks these are all positive things everybody has injuries but it's that kind of depth deep deep deck that's not there in, in the monster scenario for so if they get a little bit of luck with the injuries and get players back and you know the obvious part as we spoke about it last week we want to mention it again is get a run of wins here in these ne- this next block of matches um, they can get up and get into the playoffs and start believing that um, they can have a crack at it Mm-hmm. And we touched on it at the start of the show, Fiona, but Joey Carberry with six conversions from six and overall very, very solid. And it's great to see him looking confident and looking fit again. Yeah, really good. And you know what, as Quinny said, when, you know, when Munster, I suppose, had 
had the chance to create more space for them Scarlets were getting tired in that final 20 minutes he was absolutely superb to watch at times I mean that that breakdown the, the left wing just to spot that and be able to put Shane McCarthy eventually over for the try I thought his game management was quite good I thought they rushed on him a couple of times and he was still getting those passes away and obviously I think for that Tom O'Hearn try that little delayed pass to, to get it away as well created that overlap on the outside that eventually the ball got out to Tom O'Hearn which was superbly finished off look I, I think it's the same with Joey as well I think as he gets more game time he's obviously coming back in I'd say he has a, a point to prove um, obviously to himself um, and it's about get, uh, staying fit getting involved and the way he's playing is absolutely superb um, I thought he was brilliant and it's it's good for his confidence to see him like that but it's, it's very important those six conversions as well to have that mm. boot on the pitch in those tighter games to be able to be confident in his kicking and he certainly looks like he's he's heading that way and look it's going to be I suppose with Haley, it was great to see Mike Haley as well back in there but if if Joey's playing as as well as he's playing and and things going the way it's going you could also be looking at you know maybe he might if he's if he's in top form and Crowley comes back in it might be a case of Joey moving to full back as well so mm. there there's options as long as he can keep you know that fitness and that form up I think yeah superb stuff from uh, Joey Carberry um Quinny you talked about like must win games next up is Zebra um at home first of March and the Ospreys away three weeks after that. That Ospreys fixture looks like it's going to be absolutely key. It is, yeah. Um, they they obviously had a very mm-hmm. a very good win against Ulster on Sunday. Really disappointing uh, loss, I'm sure. If you're an Ulster an Ulster player or fan, um, not not that usually affected by by Welsh selections. I think there's only four of the Ospreys in the Welsh squad, so they're pretty settled sides and. Um, they're cited frustrated monster a few times over the, over the years over over in uh, the Liberty Stadium. So, um, yeah, the Zebra game first of March. Um, that's two weeks, so they've got to just get their heads right for that. Um, try and pick up another maximum maximum number of points there. Um, because if you look at the table, monster are ninth now um, on twenty nine points, and you know fourth. Benetton are in fourth on 32 points so um, they're only three points off fourth position if, if they can win games and a lot of the teams above them uh, Glasgow won at the weekend who were second Bulls won obviously Leinster beat Benetton Edinburgh won against Zebra Stormers won and Ospreys won and then Ulster lost so to be fair the only two that lost in that top eight are Ulster and Benetton the rest of them all won. So, in the next couple of weeks, I think you keep, if Munster can get some wins, a lot of these teams are playing each other and there's a couple of more and will lose a couple of matches. So, I think it's the next block of matches like the Zebra match, the Ospreys and the Cardiff game. If you can get three more wins there, which is not going to be easy because um, they're not they're not straightforward, but that has to be the mentality if they want to get into the playoffs. And even... You know, even possibly think of getting you know home quarter final, and yeah. it's a, it's achievable to get into that up to that four top four, given that there, as I said, you know, there's only three points between their sit Munster sit in ninth on twenty nine points, and Benetton sit in fourth on thirty two points. So it's it's not outlandish to say that that's what they should be thinking. Um, 
bigger picture but problem is after this, these four games and look these games are going to be difficult and tricky um, you're away in South Africa then for Bulls and Lions so who knows we don't want to look too far ahead because mm-hmm. even I'm talking about Ospreys the next game is Zebra who um, you know they've they've been on a poor run they've made it difficult for teams this year we go into it a little bit next week um, they've only won one game they've won draw and eight losses so you know if Munster want to be in that kind of position they have to go and win this game at home and get maximum points next day out but um, let's see I think this will be a real test of their metal in the next few weeks Well it's Kildare next week for the Cork footballers and what again feels like a do or die clash for both these sides let's have a look inside the enemy camp now as we hear from Kildare's Glenn Ryan speaking to the media following today's loss to Mead I'd say there was, but you know, the, you know still it didn't it didn't stop us from trying to create stuff. It didn't stop us from from um, doing the best that we can to try and create opportunities. It worked really hard. Um, difficult breeze to, to, to score against, but um, you know it worked really really hard to to try and create those chances. When things not going your way as well, I suppose injuries don't help, and to lose three forwards throughout the game as well was a bit of a hindrance too. Yeah, sure, that's part of the game. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, but you know it's it. See it as, as opportunities for others. No, not the final name, the coffin though either, but still kind of in Kildare's hands. And I suppose two of the teams near you in the league, you still have to play as well in Loud and Cork, so still not all not always lost yet. I know, we, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep the head down, we'll keep plowing forward, and we'll keep, keep working to try and get better. How serious are the injuries then? They didn't talk to them yet, no, so we'll see you now after. Then would confidence be an issue that if it was there you might have won that game when you had the ascendancy in the second half? Oh, well, I suppose it's, it's very obvious that, that confidence isn't where it would be if you're winning games. Um, that's the chicken and egg, I suppose. It's, it's winning that will generate confidence. <coughs> but we worked very hard to create to create chances and we worked very hard. The lack of confidence didn't, didn't stem the work rate. So that's the most important. Maybe you squeezed that game when it was... Just 55 minutes, 60 minutes we'd had to score in nearly 20. Ah, yeah, and we, we worked very hard to get ourselves in that position. Um, but as I say, the, the confidence is one thing. Once it doesn't affect work rate and effort, and, and we asked for a, a big reaction in that regard from the lads today, and uh, I, I don't think they could have worked much harder out there, you know. Yeah. Do you see a pathway? Do you still see a pathway to survival in this? I mean, you might know the other results just yet, but do you see a pathway? To I see a pathway to improvement, and you and wherever that gets us, sure, we'll just take it game by game. Next week will be will be another difficult test, and um, particularly when we're, you know, possibly some some injuries and stuff. So, no, but it's it's. Keep improving and keep keep moving forward and treat, keep trying to get get what we can out of the lads. Yeah, we're going to go to hear from Colm O'Rourke now, speaking to Tommy Rooney following their win over Kildare. Colm O'Rourke, that's two massive wins on the hop and nav in two weeks in a row. You must be delighted. Yeah, we're thrilled. We had uh, in, in starting the year. We had set out that we'd make uh, our home games and having a bit of a fortress and try to ensure that we weren't beaten at home in the league. So we're three games into home games and we haven't lost. We drew it for Mana, but uh, two big wins now over Loud and Kildare. 
Both games could have gone either way, but we hung in to the bitter end and it was satisfying that the last quarter of both games nearly in all, all the days were our best periods of the game, which says something, I think, about the, the character of the players. For sure. Uh, I only, only have a view, really, from the press box behind you and sometimes on TV. You seem to remain quite calm on the sideline in the middle of games. How on earth do you do that when it's turnover after turnover? Yeah, you'd be times you could pull your hair out, but uh, I have learned patience with young people, I suppose, over 40 years in education. And uh, like I, uh, I've seen in that time, people do all sorts of stupid things. And sometimes you just have to say to them, you know, gently chide them, but encourage them to do the right thing. But we have such a committed group of players that it'd be, it it, it almost impossible to be hard on them because they try so much in training. They're committed in every way. They want to get back to big games in Crow Park. They're fiercely loyal to each other and committed to the cause. And, and uh, uh, what we would like to see is them experience some of the great days that we had in previous generations. And I think they're going to get there. It's going to take a while and it's going to take a lot of patience. Well, that patient approach seems to be working because it's, it's back-to-back performances where the character shown has been very similar in both games. Loud were four up and you, and you had an, an unbelievable 25 minutes to, to go ahead and hold on at the end. And today, Kildare take the lead for the first time in the 51st minute. Mead go nearly 20 minutes without scoring. But then they just kick into gear. You've got Hickey, Kinsley and Lynch off the bench and Costello kicking that free. Young players standing up when they needed to be counted on. Yeah, all fellas in their early 20s and um, nearly all of them without much experience. And of course, the two subs to come on, uh, Rory Kinsella only in his whatever second or third league match and Aaron Lynch, who came on to the team last year, kicking vital scores. So it says a lot about the character of the players. We have gone for players that we think are going to have that character just as much as their football ability. And I'm glad to see that it's showing in them. Uh, there, there's something about them I think that uh, and I think they will get better as well One of the hallmarks of the win last week and again this week were hits blocks tackles Danny Dixon has made an impact when he's come on in both games Donald Keoghan made a, a huge block on Paddy Woodgate towards the end there again as he always does Derek Campion is somebody as well who seems to get his paws and everything you must be delighted with how Derek Campion is playing that role in attack and defence as a centre back yeah, he's matured greatly and improved in the role and probably his best game today. He did very well against Loud last week as well. But uh, I think the point you make is valid. Uh, the, the bravery in defending was outstanding. Uh, they were quite disciplined. They worked as a unit. They're getting better playing together. They're getting more confident. Now, they're not near the finished article and there's a, a lot of glass to put on. But that's only going to come with time and hard games like we had today. You obviously have quite a few players to come back from injury and, and, and so on. You're, you're seeing them grow. Are you feeling this all gel together over the last couple of weeks? I know wins are massive, but are you, are you feeling it's all coming together? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Even training this week, you know, we, we, we train at half seven. I'd say, fellas, every one of them nearly wanted to be there at half six and they're ready to go. There's great enthusiasm among the group. But there's nothing like a, a win in a big game and in a close game and one that has to be really eked out and it's hard fought to give a bit of a boost to the players. So they'll be going home this evening very happy. We have a big test ahead in Cavan, but, you know, we'll, we're up for that as well. You're, you're on five points. I'm not sure if you saw the results, but Cork got a late win against Fermanagh with a late 1-1. Um, and Cavan held on to beat 
loud two tight games you've got another derby against Cavan and then Cork at home again the week after do you feel like you need a, another point or another win to secure Division 2 and have you any of your players coming back in the next couple of weeks? Well I, I, I thought five might be enough maybe it won't I suppose yeah, everybody wants to get to six because uh, uh, whether we finish if we don't get promoted and we don't get relegated it doesn't matter whether we're third, fourth, fifth or sixth uh, insofar as we're guaranteed our place in the All-Ireland race. But uh, we're not going to have any players for the next game anyway. There's, there's nobody riding to our aid at this stage. We'd like to have them. Uh, the fact that we're in the All-Ireland race uh, makes it uh, easier to make decisions about injuries insofar as we can take the long view and hope to have everybody ready for, if not the Leinster Championship, for the All-Ireland race itself. So that's, that's the view we're taking. But obviously, we would like at least one more point or two more points to be absolutely sure of staying in the second division. And it would make the la- if we could get one next Saturday night, it would be all the better. It would mean that the, the last two games then could be maybe we could start looking for going up rather than staying where we are. Two final quick ones, Colm. Um, for years, you had a vantage point as a pundit and, and looking on at the inter-county game from the outside. There's been an interesting uh, football review committee put in place by Jarlett Burns with Jim Gavin and Maliki O'Rourke and Colm Collins and um, Colm Nally involved as well, Amphis Morris too. Is there anything in particular that you'd be interested in seeing that they come up with over the next little while or how do you find it? Do you, are you, would you rather you know, just continue to where we're going? I, I, I prefer a different type of game. Uh, I wish them well in their labours. I don't know how they're going to change the game. I suppose one of the obvious ones is to prevent a pass back to the goalie, even though we did it very well today with Sean Brennan, uh, to try and create more attacking play and to stop mass defences. I don't know whether it's possible to do it or not, and I think that the only way that football is going to be reinvented is to go back to juvenile level and try and reinvent it from there because I think it's so ingrained now in adult players that it would be almost impossible to change it. Final one. Um, I know yourself and Glenn Ryan go back a long while. You would have had him in an international rules squad before. You've been here before with the pressure. That, that can be on a manager. Uh, it's a tough time in Kildare at the minute for that management team. It certainly is. There's no pressure on me because I can just jump ship any time I want and go back to a nice quiet life. But I, I spoke to Glenn after the match and I did say to him, I felt sorry for the way he's been treated. He's a really honourable man. I know him very well. As uh, the same with Anthony Rainbow and Johnny Doyle and uh, all the people involved in the backroom team, I think it's time for Kildare people to see exactly what they have. They have decent people in charge. There's no quick fix with these sort of things. It's easy to blame the manager. Uh, I think it would be better in Kildare if the county board and the players give absolute support to the management team rather than maybe people on the inside undermining an honourable and decent and a group of people who have given outstanding service to Kildare. Thanks for your time, Colin Wazel. Thank you. That concludes another episode of The Big Red Bench. Sean Cork's Good Times, Red FM, Dan Casey signing off. We'll be back next week with plenty more sporting action. Mags Blackburn is on the way next with Green on Red. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Red FM.